Hello and welcome to Shattered. My name is Jeremy Allen. I'm normally a TV producer here at WDIV Channel 4, but this time, well, I thought a podcast would be the right fit for a story that has captivated and frustrated people, not just in Michigan and Ohio, but nationwide. The story, it's a sad case of three young boys who went missing from a small town in Michigan. When they went missing, Andrew, the oldest of the brothers, was nine. The middle boy, Alexander, he was seven. And the youngest, Tanner, he was just five years old. They were all last seen on Thanksgiving Day, 2010. They vanished on Black Friday. Police say three missing boys may be in extreme danger. The boy's dad, John Skelton, remains in a mental health lockup. The brothers are ages five, seven, and nine. They're from the town of Marincy, Michigan. The FBI now getting involved. Still no sign tonight of Andrew, Alexander, and Tanner Skelton. Andrew, Alexander, Tanner, and their parents all lived in the town of Morency, Michigan. It sits just north of the Ohio border, about 70 miles southwest of Detroit and 40 miles northwest of Toledo, Ohio. Morency's slogan posted proudly on their website, Your First Step into Pure Michigan. Every summer, the town puts together their annual town and country festival. Everyone gets together for a carnival, fireworks, softball tournament, beer tent. It's a celebration that allows the people from this small town to have a little fun. Everyone knows each other, or is at least aware of the faces that they see here. Main Street offers a car wash, tax service, ice cream and pizza. There's a bowling alley, law office, and even a subway. It's quintessential small-town USA. One of those, if you blink, you could miss it towns. The high school and middle school are in the same building, and on the same plot of land at the far end is the elementary school. In 2011, 37 students made up the entire graduating class from Renzi High School. So it's a small, tight-knit community and group of kids that had no choice but to know each other. And they knew each other pretty well. Really caring community. I mean, we're all, we're all like brothers out here. They all had stake in one another, and even if they didn't always get along, there were emotional ties. So when three of their own go missing, imagine the toll that takes on those kids and their families. I was just hoping that they would be okay. They would find them. The boys' parents, Tanya, and yes, it's Tanya, it's not Tanya, and John lived on Congress Street in a seemingly peaceful neighborhood just a few blocks west of the town's schools. A three-bedroom home built in the 1950s, a large open lot across the street, and just beyond that lot, a tree line. Above the tree line, a water tower that displays the town name, Morency. This was the home of the Skelton family, probably a happy home at some point, but now it's somebody else's home. After 10 years of marriage in September of 2010, Tanya filed for divorce. There weren't any signs of trouble until John started to push Tanya to move the family to Florida. She had no interest in that idea. But John would eventually push this issue to a breaking point. He decided that he would pick the boys up from school and drive them to Florida, without Tanya. More importantly, without telling Tanya. This set off a chain of events that led to the demise of their relationship. Eventually, John would be served with papers, and his actions would sway the judge to award Tanya with exclusive custody. After talking things over with her lawyer, Tanya decided that she would offer John visitation rights, because in the eyes of the judge, it would look more favorable. So she did. 
and that would change the course of her life forever. Let's flash forward to November 2010. Tanya decided to let John have the kids for Thanksgiving, with the understanding that he was to return them the following day. Well, that didn't happen. So what did happen? Well, here's what we do know. The three boys were last seen here at their father's home in Morency, but police are desperately trying to pinpoint exactly when. Investigators believe they were last seen here Wednesday, but a neighbor tells us she saw all three boys here playing on Thursday, visiting their father, a Thanksgiving holiday visit. The boys are very delightful young little guys, very active, and uh, would always come out and greet us when we were out in the yard. Gail Johnson lives next door and is a family friend. She says the boy's father, John Skelton, has been separated the past three months from their mother, Tanya, and that Thanksgiving was a depressing time for him. Friday, Skelton turned up across the state line in an Ohio hospital after attempting to hang himself. He told police he handed his boys over to a woman he shares an online relationship with. She was to turn the boys over to their mother, but it never happened. Since then, no activity at the Skelton home. So yeah, we know that much, but that's about it. Only John Skelton knows the details. And this woman that John claimed to have given the children to, we're going to get back to her later. One of the reporters to first cover the events in Morency was WDIV NBC Detroit's Hank Winchester. He remembers the details of the case well. The minute we rolled into town, the entire community was there and they were focused on one thing, and that was trying to find those, those three children. So when, when you first got there, were there was there speculation? I think in the very beginning, the, the urgency is just uh, let's get as many people out. Let's listen to what the police chief has to say. Uh, nobody was pointing fingers, you know, right from the start. But in any small town, uh, there's a lot of talking. There's a lot of whispering. And people were definitely doing a little bit of that. And there was a lot of conversation after the first few days about uh, an apparent argument between Tanya and John Skelton. There was a lot of talk about uh, uh, possible abuse of the children, uh, their rocky relationship, Tanya and, and John, and, and their behaviors afterwards. You know, I think in any of these cases, you have to take a close look at the people that were last with the alleged victims. So that's what the police do right away. They take a look at mom and dad because they were the last people seen with the children and try to put the pieces of that puzzle together from step one. So, um, you know, very quickly this story took uh, on a life of its own and from, you know, being covered uh, one day, probably day one by the closest newspaper, maybe Toledo, within 48 hours, you know, the Today Show was there, Nightly News was there, everybody was there because there were so many unanswered questions and there were so many, uh, so much speculation in the days after this all broke about what may have happened and whether mom or dad may have played a role in it. Do you remember the original story? Uh, what happened? What what John Skelton's story was about how the whole thing played out? Uh, I remember him saying that there was a fight and I remember him alleging abuse uh, against Tanya, his his now ex-wife. I believe. When, when you say abuse, what do you mean abuse? What, what kind of abuse? Uh, he, his story was that Tanya was sexually and uh, emotionally, verbally abusing the three boys. Um, he made it very clear that 
he felt like she was causing his children significant harm. And because of that, he felt that he needed to get the children out of that home environment. And his story was that he had met someone, I believe, online and delivered the children to that person uh, so they could escape whatever harm he believed uh, that they were faced with uh, at the hands of their own mother. If his story is true and he gave them to somebody Mm -hmm. to keep away from the mom, then you could say, well, he wants to make sure that he keeps that story and that truth away from everyone because if he de- if he tells anyone, then mom is going to get custody of those kids once they're found. And if he truly believes that mom's a monster, mm-hmm. then that would make sense to why he wouldn't say anything. Right. So, I mean, I guess, does he, it, could it be true? Could what he said be true? Absolutely. I mean, you bring up a great point. If he really believes that she is that much of a threat to his three boys, then he doesn't want to provide any information about their whereabouts or what may have happened. He just says that they are alive, that he did not um, that he did not kill them. Whether she would automatically get custody again, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's been a it's been quite an interesting story, too, um, on her side of it. But, uh, you know, she is their mother and and. Every time I've interviewed her, she's done nothing but pledge, um, you know, her her d- distress and concern and and hope that that they are found. She's been very consistent in all of that. I mean, you know, these are small town people who have been, you know, thrown into uh, a mess. You know, it's uh, anytime any of these big stories like this unfold, I always just think about like how, uh, you know, how would you react? How, what would you go through in, in your life if, if you had to deal with all these, you know, horrible circumstances? And, and you know, I, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt when we sit down with them. And and I did with her. And, and every time I've met her, she's and talked to her at, at length. She has been a grieving mother. You know, as as her family has been and her friends, her parents, you know, they've just been overwhelmed and consumed by it. I really don't know how you would even continue living your life, really. John claimed to have taken the boys to someone, but who? A name that would become a confusing detail later for the police. Joanne Taylor. When people in Morency were asked about Joanne, they had no idea who she was. The only person who did know? John Skelton. He explained that he had a relationship with this woman on the internet and that he'd given the boys to her. But why? And again, who the hell was Joanne Taylor? Her involvement created a lot of confusion initially and had people doubting John Skelton's word. But not everybody was so skeptical. John's mother believed her son's story about Taylor, saying, quote, I know my son. He loves his boys. His boys are his life. It's as simple as that. End quote. She went on to say, quote, Whether her name is Joanne Taylor or Mary Poppins doesn't matter to me. All I know is that these children are with her. I know this. Those boys are out there. Terrified. But they are out there. End quote. Now, of course, no mother wants to believe that their son would ever do something awful, especially to their own grandchildren. We understand that. But if the kids were safe, why would John make this so difficult on everyone? Here's Kathy Herrera. This is Tanya's longtime friend. 
why would he not um, come to the family? You know, if, if you need to take the children somewhere, um, why take them to somebody else? As I began to dig deeper into the story, I wanted to get a sense and a feel of the town of Marinci. After the break, it's time to head over there and see it for myself. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, for those of you that don't know Michigan very well, the ge- geography of Michigan, it's uh, from Detroit to Morency. Um, it's, uh, you know, 73 miles. It's very, very rural um, once you get out past the city. Uh, unfortunately, we're hitting more construction, but uh, it's a quiet area. So this trip actually brings me through northern Ohio. In one mile, turn right on County Road 12. County Road 12, there it is. Here's the takeaway. This is a place just south of the Michigan border. It is just nothing but wide open spaces, nature, ponds, lakes, you know. So to the amateur detective, to the super skeptical, suspicious person, um, there's a million places to hide something out here. Not to say that's what happened, but um, my first time being down here, first thought that runs through my mind. You'll arrive in 1,000 feet. All right, it looks like we're about to hit downtown. Um, And actually, this street looks like it turns into Main Street here. And it did. So, here we are. This is downtown Morency. Once I got into town, I decided there were a couple things that I had to do. I had a small window of time. I definitely wanted to go by the Skelton's former home, and I did. Driving by, the first thing that I noticed is that it's been updated, fixed up, looks like it's being lived in well. I guess I imagine this place to be a sad reminder of a tragedy because of what may have happened here, but it wasn't. It looked nice. The second stop was the hardware store on Main Street significance of this store is that the owner at the time, in 2010, he was one of the last people to see the boys before they vanished. It was the next day he got the news that they were missing. Oh, just terrible. We knew he had taken them to Florida once before, but then when we heard about his attempt suicide, we had no idea. As I'm walking up to the hardware store, I notice two posters in the window next door. They read, Missing. A reward of up to $60,000 for the return or recovery of the boys and or tips leading to the successful prosecution of the responsible. Below that text are pictures of Andrew, Alexander, and Tanner Skelton. The first thing that hits me is it's 2017. This has been going on for six and a half years. And the people of this town, they still think about it all the time. It's present every single day. If the boys aren't talked about, 
there are visual reminders, like these posters. I walk into the hardware store, and it's a classic small-town hardware store. I mean, pretty much everything that you would look for in one of the bigger chains, but just in a smaller space, right there on Main Street. I approach the counter, and I'm greeted by a sweet smile. My name is Jody Pummel. It's I explain to Jody that I'm producing a podcast about the Skelton Boys, and she tells me that she's done this whole media thing before. Newspaper interviews, television. She says that she was almost on the Nancy Grace show once. She goes on to tell me that the previous owner, the one that you heard from earlier, the former neighbor guy that saw the kids in the backyard on Thanksgiving, well, he sold the store a while back, but Jody's been around here a long time. All right, just a warning, uh, you're going to hear some weird clicking sounds here, and I apologize for that. We'll clean that up in the future. But back to Jody. What is the consensus around town at this point, six and a half years later? Is it still being talked about? Oh, pretty- yeah. Yeah? Yeah, you... I'm always hearing people talk about them. And it's easy for me to talk about them because before they came up missing from the home that they were at, they had lived across the street from me for several years in a house that I had previously lived in. And so, and I see, you know, they were in here a lot with their dad, which, and they were always good boys. I never had to worry about them getting into anything. They were just very obedient boys but they seemed to get along well with John. So it was a total surprise. What did you know about John himself? Not a whole lot. I knew he was a truck driver at the time, but, and I would see him and Tanya outside with the boys all the time. I don't know if those boys ever watched TV because they were outside all the time, riding bikes or racing around the yard, just having a good time. And so when you saw them as a family, nothing struck you as odd? No, not a thing. They were together a lot. As far as theories go in this town, I'm sure that there are, everyone has their own opinion. Oh, yeah. The most common, probably that they aren't with us anymore. Um, But then I look at it this way, maybe they're not. But here lately, we've heard a lot about Kids that have been missing for several years, all of a sudden, they've been found. So, I mean, there's hope in that. I pray for Tanya that that's the case. I know Tanya. And uh, it's just, it's killing her. But she's basically doing well, but to stop and think about it, I know it's got to be killing her. So what is your theory? I mean, do you have your own theory on what happened? No, not really. I just... I really don't know what to say. I, if he took them someplace where there's, they can't communicate with anybody else, and if they're not alive, I have no clue as to where they could be. I know it seems like every inch of ground in the surrounding area has been searched. So I really don't think they're around here. I've heard and read some people say that he may have dropped him off to the Amish. Now, is that something that you've heard around here? Yeah, I've heard that several times. Um, it's a possibility because, like, they they shun the, you know, modern conveniences, you know, no TV, no electricity and stuff like that. So they obviously aren't on the Internet. So, I mean, it's a possibility, but I really... I don't think so, but 
That's not to say it's not possible. When, when it initially happened, what, what kind of tone was it in this town? I mean, well, I, I can't even imagine. Oh, heartbreak. Everybody was just devastated. Um, to this day, I mean, it just, I'm getting chills and tears are starting to, but it was, I mean, I can go to different places and they hear, if they hear where I'm from, is that where the boys were from? So, I mean, they're still, they aren't forgotten. I just, I don't know what else to say. So yeah, it's tough to put into words, tough to wrap your head around. It's safe to assume if you're Tanya and your boys have been missing for the better part of a decade, you can't escape it. It's constantly on your mind. It will never leave you. Most of us can't imagine the pain. I mean, how could we? But for Tanya, that's just life. It's life in a small town where everyone knows everything that's going on. It's still all around. A lot of the various businesses still have the signs in the windows and and I know she goes into them and I have her on Facebook and she there is a guy on Facebook who every night posts pictures of the boys. Good night to the boys and good night Tanya and the stuff here and just so people don't forget him. I know I never will. I want to thank Jody for taking time out of her day to talk to me. Let's get back to something that we touched on earlier. A name. Joanne Taylor. There's growing anger at the boy's father, John Skelton, who says he gave the boys to a mystery woman he has an internet relationship with. She says this town wants answers from John Skelton. Where are the boys? Tell me exactly where they're at so we can go get them and bring them home. John says he met Joanne much earlier, although nobody can really pinpoint an exact time. But his story was that Joanne's husband helped John repair a broken down vehicle. From that point on, John and Joanne stayed in touch on the internet. Police also searching the web for any clue that could lead them to these missing little boys. At the time of the boys' disappearance, Larry Weeks served as Morenci's police chief. We have uh, computer forensic investigators that are working on many aspects. He and his town had never seen a situation of this magnitude, and it was tough to get a handle on. Even tougher to handle was trying to find this Joanne Taylor. Why was that so difficult? I've never heard of her. You know, we're a small community. Most of us would have known her. 39-year-old John Skelton claims he gave them to a woman he met over the Internet before trying to take his own life. He gave the name Joanne Taylor. Up to this point, we've not been able to locate a Joanne Taylor, or confirm that she even exists. Breaking developments this noon in the search for these three missing boys. The woman that their father claims took them while he tried to commit suicide does not exist. Doesn't exist. Authorities had been wasting time looking for a person that never was. Keep in mind at this point the FBI was involved, and John Skelton had fooled them all least for a couple of days. So, no Joanne Taylor. Then what happened to these boys? With that information now debunked, the search continued. And then something happened in Northern Ohio that had people excited. 
A possible sighting of three missing boys inside an Ohio donut shop. Tonight, police are warning against jumping to conclusions. But for some in Morenci, it's reason for hope in the search for the Skelton brothers. Good evening, everyone. Two people claiming they saw Andrew, Alexander, and Tanner in that donut shop with a woman and acting strangely. That's a bit of good news. Possibilities. The tip came from Sandusky, Ohio. But let's begin with Sandra Ali. She is in Sandusky tonight with more on that possible sighting and how it fits in with the investigation that's already been done. Sandra? Well, Carmen, Steve, you know, we are not far from the Ohio Turnpike. It's important to mention that because you might remember that investigators initially in the first days of this investigation spent days and days pulling surveillance video from businesses up and down the Ohio Turnpike. That's because FBI agents initially believed that John Skelton traveled through this area early Friday morning. Now a possible sighting in this same area, an area that's already been on their radar. At this mom and pop donut shop about eight miles south of the turnpike in Sandusky, Ohio, the phone hasn't stopped ringing. When she said, I, I know that has to be them, I said, well, then we've got to call the police. Since owner Terry Kaufman and Sandy Jones went to police with what they're describing as a strange encounter the Sunday after Thanksgiving. It was all just bizarre because it was just weird the way people they came in and acted that I would remember them and then to see them in the newspaper. Here she says, oh my gosh, I think I just waited on those on Sunday. I said, you did? And she says, yes. The woman called the little boy Tanner. That's our, my very first thought was those three boys were in our shop. Sandy Jones says she believes those three boys were Andrew, Alexander, and Tanner Skelton. Jones says they came to the house of donuts with a woman who rushed the boys through the front door and never made eye contact with anyone in the shop. The description Jones gave police. I told him that she was, had to be in her 40s um, and that she looked um, haggard, tired. Until then, Jones says she didn't even know about the missing Skelton brothers. I, I believe they're, they're out there, and I believe we got to keep looking for them. And I just hope that we knew what was going on, that we could have got them that day so they could go on to where they belong. This was the Sunday after Thanksgiving, just two days after Black Friday. The police talked with potential witnesses and inquired about surveillance video, but unfortunately the mom and pop donut shop didn't have any cameras. After all possible leads in Sandusky were looked at, the authorities came up empty. Now, this could have been a case of a day late and a dollar short, or in other words, the police were just a step behind. Or maybe the women and children spotted weren't the right women and children. Many take any news of the boy's fate with a grain of salt. I, from the bottom of my heart, have believed all along that they're still alive, that somebody's just got them and they just haven't came forward with them, so, and I keep wanting to believe that. One of the tougher things about this case is that everyone wants to believe that the boys will be found unharmed, and people want to believe that they can help. But sometimes we want to believe something so bad that we trick our minds into seeing things that aren't really there. That may have been the case here. Now, the one person most affected by this is Tanya, of course. I'm a father, and I love my children more than I've ever loved anything before. And I cannot begin to imagine the broken heart she carries with her every single day for nearly seven years now. It's time to reach out to Tanya. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, Tanya, how are you? So much more on the next Shattered. 
If you have any more information about this case, call Morency Police Department at 517-458-7104. If you'd like to see and hear more about the Skelton Boys and what's going on in Morency and how we're covering the ongoing search, go to ShatteredPodcast.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shattered Podcast.